0: Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, still reacting to the Raiders' victory over Denver week one. We'll pass along some Jimmy G nuggets after he picked up a victory, what that means for his career totals. Plus, the Raiders expect to win games regardless of what's said on the outside. Your calls and texts will close out the show. It's all coming up, plus a whole lot more on Tuesday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast for September 12th. 2023.
1: You're Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas just Raiders, win. part of the Locked On Podcast Network, just win. your team
0: just
2: every win. day.
0: Just win. You ought to win as a raider, pillaging just for fun.
2: He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's come.
0: Welcome here, Raider Nation, to another edition of the Lockdown Raiders Podcast. Thanks so much for making the show your first listen of the day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. To get the latest edition of the show as soon as it becomes available, of course, as always, if you're checking us out on YouTube, you know we appreciate you. Without you, there is no show on YouTube. And without my man Ari, there's definitely no show on YouTube. So many thanks to my guy. He does a great job each and every day making sure we're up on YouTube, we're looking good, and we're sounding good. You can hit him up on Twitter if you want to, at Ari Produces. You can hit me up as well, at your boy 254 and the Lockdown Raider Podcast voicemail line. You want to be a part of the show, 707-654- 4693. Got a lot of calls, a lot of texts that we got. We'll try to get as many in as possible, as much feedback as possible coming up in segment number three of today's show. Again, it's never personal if I can't get your call or text on. It's just that we got a ton of feedback. So I'm going to try to hustle through them and get as much in as possible. That's coming up in segment number three. Segment number two, want to talk about the Raiders and their expectations. They plan on winning these games, regardless of what's being said on the outside by national media local media uh fans whatever the case may be fans of other teams regardless they expect to go win games when they went to denver they expected that win you know what they got they got that win they got it in the fourth quarter but they got the win they're in west virginia right now planning for the buffalo bills preparing for the buffalo bills you know what they expect they expect to win that game right and if you saw buffalo on monday night football against the jets well They really expect to win that game, right? Buffalo did not look too hot. I do expect them to be better in week two than what we saw on Monday Night Football. But, man, they gave you the blueprint on how to win games. Create turnovers, right? Josh Allen turned the ball over four times on Monday Night Football. Turned the ball over 17 times a year ago. And not too many people talked about him and his tendencies to turn the rock over. But he did it a lot. And he did it on Monday Night Football. So the Raiders are paying attention. I know they are. They know the recipe. They know the blueprint on beating the Buffalo Bills. Create. Some turnovers. So that's coming up in segment number two. Segment number one here. I like to hit you with the news and notes of the day. And we'll go ahead and do that after I tell you about the title sponsor, which is Prize Picks. Today's edition of the Lockdown Raiders podcast is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepickscom NFL. Use code all lowercase Lockdown NFL for a first deposit match up to a hundred dollars. I'll tell you a lot more about them later on the show. But let's go ahead and update the roster as far as the practice squad goes. The Raiders uh, updated. this. On Monday, they signed Jordan Willis to the practice squad, and they released linebacker Isaac Darkangelo from the practice squad. So Jordan Willis, the defensive end, is now signed to the practice squad. He's a veteran on that squad, and they released linebacker Isaac Darkangelo. Jordan Willis is the guy that they picked up as a free agent uh, from the 49ers, a uh, guy that came out of K State, and uh, looked like he was going to be able to do a little something, something during uh, during training camp. They released him, they waived him, they moved on from him. They signed him back to the practice squad. As of Monday. Wanted to pass along a couple nuggets as far as Jimmy G goes. This came from Raiders PR. And really they passed this along on Sunday. And I didn't notice it till Monday. So I wanted to make sure I passed this along. He said with the win today, and of course they were talking about Sunday, Garoppolo has 41 wins in his first 58 starts. Tied for ninth most in NFL history by a player in his first 58 starts, tied with Russell Wilson. Dan Marino, and Ben Roethlisberger. And then also they went on to say with the win today, Jimmy G now has 41 quarterback wins in games he has started since entering the league in 2014. That's the third most in the NFL over that span through a quarterback's first 58 career starts, only behind Lamar Jackson with 43 and Patrick Mahomes with 46. So there you go. Uh, pretty good company that he's keeping. And, of course, there's many different circumstances to Jimmy G and his success. But the one thing I can say about him as, you know, I'm starting to really warm up to the idea of Jimmy G, especially the more and more I see these players ready to go out there and really battle for him. And I, I really respect that and can tell that he's the leader, the type of leader that these guys really need and they really want. Max Crosby, Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs, and plenty more. They want to play for and with Jimmy G. So if that's what they want to do, That's all I need because obviously they're going to go out there and lay lay it all on the line as they did on Sunday in picking up that victory. Uh, Rich Gannon, former Raider quarterback and MVP. Uh, He's part of the33team.com. I talk about them quite a bit here on the show and a lot of times they'll send me direct messages when Rich Gannon has something to say and that's what they did on Monday afternoon. I thought it was pretty cool. Here's Rich Gannon talking about the Raiders defense. He's really talking about them in a pretty good way. It's a short clip, but he's saying that the Raiders should feel pretty good about their defense, which is similar to what i was talking about on monday's show check it out
3: i think the raiders have to feel pretty good about what they saw from their defense remember the thorn in the side of the raiders the last couple years has been the play of their defense have a difficult time getting around the quarterback and getting sacks, and they have a difficult time getting their hands on footballs and taking the ball away defensively. Overall, I thought the defense played really well. They held the Broncos to 16 points, only 260 yards of offense, did a nice job getting off the field on third down. I thought they had a lot more competitive snaps. I think it's something to build on for the Raiders heading into week two.
0: So there's Rich Gannon right there from the 33 team.com, just talking about the Raiders' defense. Is it a finished product? Not at all. Not even close. They've got plenty of things that they need to do and work on. Plenty of guys that need to step up and play at a higher level on that defense. But you can see what they're going for. You can see the blueprint is there. They've got the veterans mixed in with some young guys mixed in with uh, some guys that are still got plenty to prove in the NFL uh, that you can see, like I said, you can see the recipe there and you can see what they're going for defensively. And again, they expected, and we'll talk about this in segment number two, they expected to close that game out on Sunday, which is what they were able to do and ultimately salt the game away offensively with the Raiders going on a five minute plus drive. Uh, Head coach Josh McDaniels, he met with the media by way of Zoom on Monday. Again, they're headed to West Virginia. They're in West Virginia right now uh, preparing for the Buffalo Bills as they started the season, both games on the road. They wanted to make sure that they had plenty of time to get acclimated to the East Coast. So that's what they did is take off to go to West Virginia. So uh, yeah, they're closer and closer to that Buffalo area, so uh, yeah, not going to be that road trip that they expect to have, so hopefully with that extra time there in West Virginia, it'll give them time to get acclimated and get them prepared for the upcoming game on Sunday. But here's head coach Josh Daniels. I asked him a question specifically about Tyree Wilson and Jacorian and Bennett uh, to start things off. And, you know, I asked Tyree Wilson, similar to what I was talking about on Monday's podcast, about the fact that he was hesitating and looked like he was trying to read the play before he reacted to it. So I asked him about that just to see if he'd give me an answer. Figured that he wouldn't. But I just asked him what he saw from Tyree Wilson on film and then Jacorian and Bennett as well, who had a couple penalties, but showed the willingness to go in there and make open field tackles, which I thought was a big deal. And instead of just answering specifically about those two guys, he really talked about the young guys in general. But here's Joshua Daniels. The question, again, was about Tyree Wilson and Jacorian and Bennett. He talks a lot about the young guys.
3: Yeah, I think all our young guys, you know, are going to learn a lot from this tape. I mean... It was their first opportunity to play in a, in a regular season National Football League game. And, um, you know, there's, you know, Michael Mayer and uh, Tyree and Byron and Jacorian. You know, they all, um, you know, they were all in there for a number of plays and um, they're going to see some good things that they did. And they're going to see some things that they didn't do very well. You know what I mean? And so um, great opportunity to learn from from what we saw. Um, I think that's really the case for all of our players, but our young players, in, as, especially, are going to see some things that um, you know that they can they can do better. And I think they they probably felt a much different uh, speed of the game, you know, as you go into the regular season from the preseason. It's just a different it's a different speed, you know, and so everything happens a little quicker. So um, I think that's what we'll see. And uh, JB did a nice job. Uh, had a few opportunities there to make some. Uh, open field tackles. And and I thought he did a decent job of getting the guy to the ground. So um, our corners need to do that, you know, if they're going to go in there and crack the safeties and all the rest of it. So at some point, the corner is going to have to uh, be out there isolated on the on the edge one on one. And I thought JB did a good job of getting him to the ground.
0: So there you go. You see what I mean when I say that he he answered the question really about the young guys. Kind of specifically talked a little about Tyree Wilson and a lot of the young guys are going to learn from what they're doing. Talked about and Bennett making open field tackles and that's what he's going to have to do. I think they liked a, a lot of what they saw from and Bennett and Tyree Wilson. Obviously has a long ways to go. Uh, you know, up there in that altitude there in Denver, that didn't help. Again, I'm going to stick to the fact that it felt like he was reading and then reacting to the play instead of just firing off the ball. You just got to fire off the ball and you got to go. Something I think that Max Crosby will definitely work with him a lot and get him to where he needs to be. Uh, just a couple more quick sound bites from head coach Josh McDaniels. How about what he saw from Jerry Tillery? A guy that started uh, instead of Chandler Jones. Chandler Jones was not with the team. Doesn't look like he's going to be with the team anytime soon. Josh McDaniels didn't have any kind of update on Josh, on on, on uh, Chandler Jones on Monday. He Instead he said, I'll stick to what I said last week about Chandler. So again doesn't seem like he's going to be around anytime soon. But Jerry Tillery started on the outside, which was kind of a surprise to me, uh, but he could play on the outside and he could play on the inside. Here's what Joshua Daniels saw from Tillery on Sunday. JT played a multitude of
3: roles for us, um, you know, and I thought, you know, uh, th- there was some really good football plays, you know, in a running game, strong on the edge, um, did some things in the pass rush, you know, had the one offsides penalty in a in a fourth down situation that we'll learn from, and uh, there was a couple things that certainly we we can clean up, you know, in the run and in the rush, but. Uh, Jerry's a good football player, and, uh, you know, he's he's been unselfish. He's played a lot of different roles, worn a lot of different hats for us, and, um, you know, he contributed to uh, the success that we had on defense yesterday in, in, in both phases.
0: And I thought Tillery did a pretty good job. We know that he's not great at the run stop. Uh, And, look, Denver had some success running the ball right up the middle. And so that's where they've got to have to continue to clean that up. Uh, Obviously, Tillery had that fourth down offsides that gave the Denver Broncos a, a first down. He can't do that. But he was able to get a nice sack. And he was assisted by Marcus Peters, who cut off one of the Broncos wide receivers in the dig route that they were trying to run and allowed Tillery a couple extra seconds to get... To the quarterback, and that's how this thing works, man. That's how the defensive line and the secondary works together. The secondary and the defensive line works together, right? Uh, one complements the other and allows uh, the other the other party to make a play. Sometimes it's the defensive line getting to the quarterback, allowing the guys on the back end to make a play. Sometimes it's the guys on the back end, uh, you know, causing causing the quarterback to hold the ball an extra second, allowing the defensive line to get there to the quarterback, like Tillery did. On Sunday, my final soundbite from head coach Joshua Daniels, from what he had to say Monday by way of Zoom, was just about the team celebrating in the locker room, how they were all pumped up about the win, and then also speaks on Jacoby Myers if he has any kind of update uh, as he left the game with concussion-like symptoms. Here's Joshua Daniels.
3: Yeah, I don't have any update on Jacoby. He's in the protocol, so I mean that that's all I can say about that. And then I think our team is really um, look when you win a game in the in the league, um, you know, you should be excited about doing that it's hard to do that I mean this every game's hard you know it doesn't matter who you play doesn't matter where you play Uh, they're all difficult because every team has good players and good coaches and it's tough to win and so I think our team responded appropriately to that to win a division game on the road against a good team um, who's also well coached and got good players and so uh, that's a that's a good thing they should be happy about that and at the same time I think they they knew right away um, it didn't take very long we weren't even on the plane. And they knew that you know there's a lot of areas where we need to uh, improve, and we can improve. Um, I loved our attitude this morning. Uh, I've already seen everybody this morning, so um, they have a great focus about trying to fix the things that they didn't do well individually uh, or collectively as a unit, which obviously will only help our team.
0: So there you go. You hear head coach Joshua Daniels talking about you're supposed to celebrate victories in in uh, in the NFL because they're so hard to come by. And again, this is something that they. They expected to do. They expected to win this game on Sunday. They did it. Uh, you'll hear in segment number two as we start the thing off, There, you'll hear a little bit of Joshua Daniels' speech. Uh, in the locker room following the game, and uh, also a couple other nuggets from passed along from our guy Josh DeBow from the AP. And I say that kind of laughing because I know Raider Nation is not a big fan of him, but this is actually a pretty good nugget that needs to be passed along that I think Raider Nation needs to hear and understand what it means and, again, goes back to the expectations of the team winning. Now, we'll do all that coming up in segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. We'll get to that after I tell you about FanDuel. And now that the NFL season is here, there's incredible offers from FanDuel. It's America's number one sportsbook right now. All new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and a whole lot more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on. Kick off the NFL season with the offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL.
1: Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right,
0: Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Want to jump into what I believe is the expectations of the Raiders, right? I've talked a lot throughout the course of the offseason and training camp and preseason and really talked about I didn't know what the expectations were for the team, didn't know what uh, I was going to see when they finally took the field on September 10th, and what we saw was a victory. Now, was it... Pleasing to the eyes? No. It was it was pretty ugly, and I think that they'll say that. Matter of fact, Devontae Adams said it. It was ugly, but it was pretty because it was a win. At the end of the day, that's all that matters. I'm never going to be a guy that complains about a win right? I think that that's silly. You got work to do? Absolutely. They got to clean up a lot of things? Absolutely. It's a lot easier to clean up things after a win than it is after a loss. But here's Josh McDaniels, just a little bit of what he had to say following the game in the post-game locker room. You'll hear the breakdown again from uh, Max Crosby, Uh, but this is something that was found on Raiders.com, but I found it pretty interesting, and it's really going to lead into this conversation. So here's Coach McDaniels following the game.
3: Congratulations! Now listen to me, because this is this is different, okay? This is different. We had—do we have some adversity today? Yes, sir. Yep, yep. We we had three personal fouls. We rough a punter, right? Which we are going—we were playing hard, right? We didn't—we didn't necessarily do everything we wanted to do. We had a turnover in the red zone, all right, but we f- persevered. Yes, sir. Now listen to me. I'm really proud of the effort. I'm really proud of the maturity. Yes, All right, that we yes. showed, okay? Because, again, there were some things that weren't going our way. All right, we handled them with class. We handled them with dignity. And, fellas, you, you persevered, so we won in the fourth quarter. Yes, sir. Right, and we f- won in the fourth quarter. yeah! So. yeah. That's the way to compete for four, for four quarters, fellas. That's what we've been talking about. That's what it took to win. Yes, All, right? All right, break it go down. On, break it down. down. Hey,
0: like you he said, man, hey, it's just one, but it's the first of many, man. Get used to this. Man, okay. Keep working. Stay together. Let's go. Gang on me. Gang on three. One, two, three. Yeah. Gang. So I think what he said right there about you know, they went through adversity, right? They had a lot of things that they had to deal with. From the personal fouls uh, to penalties that extended drives like the, the Tillery drive, you know, just not playing well early, finding ways to get through it, finding ways to come up and win the game, right? I mean, there's a lot of stuff that they had to overcome, but when he said we got a fourth quarter win and we got a fourth quarter win. Remember a season ago, they had a lot of fourth-quarter losses. Now they had a fourth-quarter win. That's a good start to the season. And look, the style that they won, the way that they played, that's not going to win every week, right? That probably won't win this week against Buffalo, right? You've got to be able to play a complete sound game. And every game is not going to be a complete sound game. Some, you're going to have to thug it out, <laughs> right? That's the best way I can say it. Some games, you're just going to have to thug it out. And that's what they did on Sunday versus the Denver Broncos. But having that fourth-quarter win, to me, was a big deal. And here's a couple notes from Josh DeBow from the AP. One, last season, the Raiders lost twice, the Rams and the Steelers game, when they got the ball with less than five minutes left and leading by a score, but went three and out to give the opposing team a chance at a winning score. They lost those games. Those are fourth quarter losses. The Raiders were in a lot of those one-score games a season ago, and they lost. We always talk about learning to win, learning to win. These guys got to learn how to win games. The Raiders Learned how to win a game, and we saw it happen in front of our eyes on Sunday. The Raiders, and this is another stat from Josh DeBow. The Raiders got the ball with 5.08 left, protecting a one-score lead. Matter of fact, a one-point lead, and they ran out the clock. All five minutes and eight seconds. They hadn't run out the clock, protecting a one-score lead on a drive that started with five-plus minutes left since at least the year 2000. That's from Josh DeBow from the AP. Since the last, since at least 2000. Do you understand how long ago that was? There's somebody probably listening to this podcast that wasn't even born in 2000, the last time they were able to run a clock out with five plus minutes left. That's what they did. Again, they did it with the purpose. I've mentioned throughout the course of the offseason training camp preseason, I felt like this defense was going to put the team in position to win a game, or they were going to go out there and they were going to close out a game and give the ball you know, either back to the team or just end the game on the field, and they're going to go out there and, and believe that they're not going to be the liability, and they're going to win it. Now, they didn't end the game on the field, but they they ended the game the way that they had to. Right? Again, it wasn't that pretty, but to only allow the Denver Broncos three points in the second half and to come up with critical stops when they had to. And Remember, that three points that they gave up came off the Luke Masterson personal foul on the punter. They gave the ball back to the Broncos. They shouldn't have got any points there, right? The Raiders were off the field. They had already punted, and DeAndre Carter had already received it when the, when the flag was out there, right? So, I mean, the Raiders had the ball. They had to give it back because of that penalty, and still the defense had the stones and the wherewithal to say, we're going to bow our neck up and not allow the, the, the Broncos to get into the end zone which is a big change from what the Raiders have done in year past. I guarantee, and I don't know this for a fact, but I feel pretty good. My guarantee is not really a guarantee, not a capital G guarantee, but a guarantee. (laughs) I feel pretty confident that most of Raider Nation, when they realized the Raiders were going to get the ball back with about five minutes left in the game, probably thought that they were going to lose that game. I mean, if we're being honest, I think a lot of people expected the Raiders to probably lose that game, even though the Raiders had the ball with five minutes, because we knew that they were going to try to salt the game away. And I remember what Coach McDaniel said to Will Compton on Busting with the Boys, right? We want to find a way to finish teams off. We want to knock them out. We don't want to win on the scorecard. We want to knock them out, right? So whatever it took us to get there, we want to finish them off. So I knew when they got the ball with five minutes and eight seconds left, I said, okay, I want to see what they do here. I want them to be aggressive. I want them to throw the ball, attack the, the defense, and try to go down there and score. Didn't know how it was going to go down. Didn't know how it was going to shake out. And then when they got into the third and long situation, I thought, oh, man, they're probably going to have to kick a field goal go up four points, and then hope that the defense could close things out. Not knowing if the defense was going to be able to, and obviously that's when Jimmy comes up with the big play, gets the first down, game, set, match, you're all done. But again, the defense is what put them in that position to be able to do that. To be able to make whatever adjustments they made at halftime where Russell Wilson was cooking with grease in the first half to the point where he wasn't looking that good in the second half. And again, the game was really wonky, I like to say, just because of the lack of possessions by both teams. So that was really weird. But I'll just say the Raiders went out there with a purpose. You heard Max Crosby get used to this. This is the first, but it's the first of many. They're going out there with the belief that they could win these games. And, you know, it's funny. uh, I I go back to what Colorado's doing in college football, what Deion Sanders, Coach Prime, has really uh, instilled in his players. They're not winning these games, and they're shocked by the wins. Like, we, as the public and media, we're shocked by the wins. When they went to Fort Worth and beat TCU, number 17 team in the country, I was shocked. Then I thought, okay, week two at the house against Nebraska. I think Nebraska's going to try to run it down their throats. Uh, they're a smaller team, so Nebraska's going to try to probably bully them. I think it'll be a close win, and Nebraska will probably try to find a way to win. They didn't, right? Colorado beat the mess out of them. And, you know, Colorado's not satisfied with one or two wins just because it's better than what they did last year. And I've heard people say this. even Hell, even JT the Brick, who comes on my radio, show, uh, radio station before, before me, he's on from noon to 2, I'm on from 2 to 5, he even said that this week, oh, they're playing with house money. Right. It's a free week because they got that victory over the Broncos. The Raiders don't look at it like that. And I don't look at it like that. And it's going to be interesting. We do the Raiders roundtable later on this morning. It's going to be me, uh, JT and Jason Horowitz. And I'm looking forward to that conversation because I want to ask, you know, JT what he means by by the, the house money conversation, because I don't think that the Raiders are playing with house money in week two. The Raiders are expecting to win. They're going to Buffalo with the expectation that they're going to come away with the W. Now, just because they expect to win doesn't mean that they're going to win. They got to go out there and execute and play at a high level. But Jimmy G, Devonte Adams, Josh Jacobs, right, Max Crosby, those cats—they ain't going out there saying, "Oh yeah, we got that W against Denver. Now we're playing with house money. We'll go back to go back to Allegiant Stadium." Worst case scenario, one and one. Now they're like, "Hell, we're about to go two and We could beat this team. We could beat any of these teams. The defense is going to complement the offense. The offense is going to complement the defense. I love the approach that they're taking. I love the energy that I saw from Jimmy G when he pump fisted after getting that first down to win the game. Like you could see how excited, you could see how excited and pumped up he was for that 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 moment right there. Like that was a big deal to him, right? And, And he knows how big it was. And You can hear Coach McDaniels in his voice earlier in the segment. You can hear his enthusiasm behind the victory and the fact that they had to overcome a lot, and he was proud of them and the maturity, right? that's all takes part in in helping winning programs and turning teams around. But again, I kind of go back to what Coach Prime was telling Colorado, Colorado. I was like, no, the standard's still the standard, right? Just because we got more wins than we had last year don't mean nothing. We didn't come here to get two wins or three wins or four wins. We came here to go win it all, like, and that's what it should be. Now, look, I don't think Colorado's going to win a national championship anytime soon, but they had one win in 2022. I'm thinking that this team's going to win at least six or seven games this year, right? at least become bowl eligible because they're playing with that kind of confidence. They're playing with the purpose, and they've got some damn good playmakers out there. And I think the Raiders are similar. The expectations were very low. Or, or non-existent at all, and they don't care about that. They're just going out there and sticking to the standard and trying to win games. I could appreciate that. Now, again, you can only sing the praises of one win so long. Tomorrow you start to turn the page and start to look at the head to the Buffalo Bills, and I'm sure that they're going to be in the lab trying to readjust and try to figure things out after uh, an embarrassing loss on Monday Night Football to the Aaron rodgers Jets. Rodgers leaves the game after four snaps. Probably has a Achilles tear, and I'm sure determining depending on what time you're listening to this, uh, it's either been confirmed or will be confirmed shortly. He's going to be out for the season, and the Jets still found a way to win the game. Buffalo's got to be embarrassed. They're a team that has high expectations, and, well, right now there's a lot of questions behind them. And I think the Raiders feel really good about their chances. I know everyone's going to give uh, the, the game to Buffalo and say that they're going to come out like gangbusters and blow the Raiders out of the water. That's okay. That's fine. Let everybody doubt you. Let everybody doubt you. You just go out there and play your game. And I believe that's exactly what the silver and black is going to do. So that's all I got for you. Segment number two. Just pretty impressed by the fact that the Raiders expect to win games. And hopefully they continue to go out and win games. And so far, 1-0. On the season, that's all you could really ask for. Coming up in segment number three, your calls and texts are off that Locked on Raider podcast. Voicemail line 707 654 4693. Before we get to any of that, though, I do want to tell you about prize picks. PrizePix is the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They're the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. Again, that's daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Prize Picks is the most fun that most people have had. Up to 25 times their money they've won this football season. You just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry. It's just that simple. It's really simple to play. Uh, you can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They have quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types that are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Right now, all you need to do is go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, uh, go to prizepix.com slash locked on NFL. Use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. It is real simple. All you got to do is check out Prize Picks. It's daily fantasy sports made easy.
1: You're Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Here we
0: go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and texts. are up at Locked On Raider podcast. Voice mail line, 707-654-4693. Let's start off with Raider Mikey P. in North County, San Diego. He's calling real quick to talk about a game ball that he feels I should have handed out on Monday that I missed. Here he is, Raider Mikey P. in North County, San Diego.
2: That's you. This is Raider Mikey P. Calling from North County, San Diego.
0: Hey, man, I wanted to reach out to you. I listened to the show, and you're saying if
2: there's anybody else you think deserves a game ball for yesterday's performance to go ahead and call and reach out to you guys. I really think Divine Diablo needs to get one. He made some great tackles behind the line of scrimmage, and he had that batted pass, which the Broncos only got a a three-point field goal on that drive, so I think he's one of the guys on the defense that really stepped up, and we need him to, and it's good that he's healthy, and if he keeps playing like that, I think he's going to have a good year. Q, you. God bless you. Stoked for you. Keep doing what you're doing. You got love from all
0: the Raider Nation. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Bye. Mikey P, thanks for that call, my man. And, yeah, you're right. Divine Diablo, he definitely deserved a game ball. Uh, I didn't hand him out one. I gave one to Jacoby Myers, Max Crosby, and Jimmy G, but failed to get one to Divine Diablo. And you're spot on, man. That play he made by the goal line, knocking that ball down, that was a big deal. That was a drive that they ended up settling for a field goal as opposed to getting it into the end zone. And how long have we talked about the Raiders' defense? Every once in a while, just stop them from getting in the end zone and force a field goal and, and you know, take your chan- chances. That's what they did. Instead of allowing them to get into the end zone, they forced a fe- goal, field goal, and they gave the Raiders offense a chance. The Raiders offense took advantage of it, went down, scored a touchdown, took the lead, and they were good to go from there. Once they took that lead, it was game, set, match. They never gave it back. So forcing a field goal every once in a while is a good thing. And the Raiders, know They've kicked field goals. They've been uh, had to settle for field goals, and when they have, They've lost a lot of games as opposed to cashing in the red zone. So it works both ways, right? If you if you cash in on the red zone, that's going to be good for you. But if you force a team to kick a field goal, that's going to be good for you as well. So thank you again for that call. We do appreciate you. Up next, got a text from Raider Nation for Life. Joe from SoCal it says, Q. First, congrats on the grind. Well-deserved. Secondly, let's talk about the Raiders. Key takeaways. JJ looked out of shape. Defense is not improved. Jimmy is no different than Car. Silver lining is a win is a win. The Broncos are not better than Raiders. Next week, will give us a better picture of who we are. Can't wait. Let's go, Raiders. That's Raider Nation for Life, Joe, from SoCal. Thanks for the text. I do appreciate you. And look... Josh Jacobs is going to get into football shape sooner rather than later. I get that. Uh, He didn't really, in my opinion, he didn't really look out of shape. It looked like the Denver Broncos gave every effort to make sure that they slowed him down and said somebody else is going to beat us because Josh Jacobs has beat us more times than not. But what he did that was really big that wasn't on the stat sheet was that huge block, and he did that multiple times throughout the course of the game. Huge blocks that he had to allow Jimmy G either extra time to throw the ball or in the case of the the game winning scramble, allowed him to get out of the pocket, get that first down, and salt away the game. So uh, JJ will be just fine, not worried about that. The defense has improved. I'm not I'm not gonna uh I'm not gonna agree with that one uh, about them not improving. They definitely have. The defense uh, from a year ago would allow the Broncos to score multiple touchdowns. The Raiders went into the locker room and made adjustments. They only gave it three points after halftime. Was it perfect? Hell no. But Trayvon Merrick, let's not mistake, we, we dog him a lot. We give him a lot of grief. He came up with a huge tackle in open field. It was him and one other guy, right? And if he doesn't make that tackle, the Broncos continue to drive the ball. They don't kick the ball back to the Raiders with five minutes and eight seconds left. They don't. They, they get a first down, that drive stays alive. Trayvon Merrick forced that. By making an open field tackle with the club on his hand, by the way, that was a big deal. Divine Diablo mentioned him already. He played big. Max Crosby played big. Jacorian Bennett made open field tackles. Did he get penalties? Sure, but he got open field tackles. That was impressive, right? Marcus Peters came up with a couple big plays that I thought, right. One was uh, taking away the dig route that forced the, or helped force the Jerry Tillery uh, sack. The other one I thought was a good play, even though he got called for a penalty. I thought he was outside the pocket, but uh, that's a judgment call on the officials, so okay. But that would have been a turnover that the Raiders got. And again, you hold a team to 16 points in an NFL game and only three after halftime, you're not doing too bad. So I think that, yes, there's a long ways to go for this Raiders defense, but they're definitely improved from a year ago, in my opinion. Now, they've got work to do, so we'll see how it works, but... Two sacks in in the first game of the season and what should have been a turnover as far as a strip sack on Russell Wilson and getting the ball, I'll take that. Again, I talk about 40 sacks and 20 interceptions. Well, they got two sacks so far. They're 38 away. So we'll see what happens. But I do think that they're they're better. And Jimmy G, he might not be better than Carr as far as, like, arm talent and, and this, that, and the other. But these guys are playing for him. They're playing for him and they're playing with him. When Josh Jacobs says that Jimmy G makes him want to block harder than he's ever blocked in his life, when Devontae Adams says he's happy that that's his quarterback, when Max Crosby says he's a dog, that's my quarter, happy that's my quarterback. That says a lot. It don't matter what me and you think. It matters what those dudes in the locker room think. And if they're willing to go and play for him and with him and try to win with him, who are we to say what he's not and what he is, right? uh he, he's a guy that they they obviously like and they appreciate and they want to go play with so i'll take that every day of the week or twice on sunday but thank you so much for that text i appreciate you up next got a call from raider ricky from virginia he's calling to talk about the game as a first-time caller breaks things down offensively and defensively here he is raider ricky from virginia
1: so cute. this is raider ricky from va giving a call this the first time caller uh just want to talk about the game from sunday Hey, uh, kind of like you said, I just feel like a defense got worked around a little bit, then looked down at the scoreboard, and, you know, we was in the game. Uh, yeah, I figured the flip of the switch happened in the second half. We started loosening up the defense and turning some blitzes loose a little bit. Uh, I figured that was a, the turning point of the game. I feel like first half, we were just rushing four, rushing four, wasn't getting really much pressure. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, they started sending Hobbs on the blitz a little bit, started sending, uh, Diablo on the blitz a little bit. I, I felt like that loosened up the game, sped up, uh, Russell Wilson a little bit. I think that helped overall defense. As far as offense to go, Jimmy G's pocket presence a lot better in the corner so far. Uh, Josh Jacobs running game turned a little bit slow, but you can kind of see there in the second half, he's started to get two, three, four yards there at the end of the game. Uh, so, Pretty happy to see it. Uh, the game worked out the way it did. But uh, first time calling. Appreciate your show. I've been listening for about four or five years now. Let's go, Raiders.
0: Thank you for the call, my man. And yeah, I mean, the defense in the second half was impressive, as far as I'm concerned. Again, like I said just a while ago to Raider Nation for Life Joe from SoCal, they held the Broncos at three points, right? And that Masters and personal foul is what allowed the three points. Think about that. If they don't get that Masters and personal foul, the Raiders get the ball back. So the Broncos aren't scoring those three points right? Obviously, you know, the the turnover in the end zone was a was a bad play. That can't happen, but man, that game easily could have been a, a Raider blowout. If they're, if they're clicking on all cylinders, the Raiders could have blown out the Broncos. They didn't because they weren't clicking on all cylinders. Something that they've got to work on. They're not going to win a lot of games playing that style, but luckily for them, they were playing the Broncos, and they weren't playing, say, the Chiefs or the, the Bills, like they're playing this week. Or even the Chargers that put up a lot of points against the Miami Dolphins. They were playing the Broncos, and obviously they still have a lot of room to grow as well. So thank you so much for that call. Appreciate you, and hopefully you're not a, a one-time caller only, man. Make sure you call back again. We definitely appreciate you. We'll close things out with a text from Jacob in Fresno out of the 559. It says, hey Q, Jacob from Fresno here. First game in the books and first in the AFC West. When, the last time we could, when was the last time we could say that? There was some good and bad in this game. Good, Raiders' offense played well to get the win. Raiders' defense held the Broncos to 16 points. Bad, offense had some head scratchers, and Hunter Renfro didn't get a single target. Defense didn't create any turnovers. Overall, the Raiders played well enough to get the win. I hope Jacoby Myers isn't out too long because you can see him and Jimmy have uh, good chemistry. Have a good one, Q. Raiders, that's from Jacob and Fresno. And yeah, I would agree, right? The Raiders' offense played well enough to win, and they did. The defense held the Broncos to 16 points. That was good enough to get the W as well. Um, you know, the offense did have some head scratchers, and Hunter Renfro only was in there the game 13 snaps and had no targets. And Joshua Daniels talked about that on Monday and just said, hey, that was the flow of the game. That's what it was. Sometimes, you know, he the 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 ball's not going to go in that direction or a guy's not going to get that many reps. In another game, he'll get a ton of them. So uh, the good thing that having Hunter Renfro, if Jacoby Myers is out for some time, you know that Hunter Renfro, his his – his usage and his need, uh, they'll be be—they'll—they'll they'll be required to to use him, right? I mean, Jacoby Myers and Jimmy G do have a good chemistry. I think it's great that that Jacoby's on the, the team and he's a true number two wide receiver. But if he is to miss any time, I'm glad that Hunter Runfro's there as well. I'm glad Christian Wilkerson is there as well. I'm glad they have other guys that can get it done from the wide receiver position that will complement what Devontae Adams does. But Jacoby will be missed if he does, in fact, miss some time. So hopefully he doesn't. But... We'll see. And the defense had a turnover, but it got called back because of that uh, that Marcus Peters, uh, intercept or not interception, that, that penalty that Peters had. But they should have had a, re- a, a, a fumble recovery by Divine Diablo when Russell Wilson fumbled. But like I said, they caused called that penalty on Peters. That was very very um, suspect call at best, as far as I'm concerned. But there is that. So uh, they still have room to grow. That's for sure. And I, I said that was the last one, but we'll close out with one more call. Morning Merch Raider. He's calling to talk about Tyree Wilson and why the fan base Needs to be patient with him. Here he is, Morning Merch Raider. Hey, what's up, Q?
2: Raider Nation. Morning Merch Raider here. I just want to talk about uh, Tyree Wilson. And um just want to say be patient with him, guys. Um, I think he's going to be a beast. You know, he's got all the tools, but he has to put it together. And, you know, this this first year is going to be filled with a lot of uh, growing pains. But by year two, three, that dude's going to be a monster. So you just got to give him some time. Be patient. Um, and take it easy on him, you know. Uh, You know, we come at him too hard, it's going to mess with his ego, and we all know what happens. So, uh, you know, be patient with him, but it shouldn't be a surprise. I mean, if you look at his tape from Texas Tech, um, not just the highlights, but the actual tape, you know, he's slow to get up off the line. So, you know, even if you can't spot him, you know, by his number, you can usually tell who he is because he's the last one to get up, um, you know, when the ball is snapped. So it seems like he's having a similar situation here. So it's just part of his development and um you know he'll get there the dude's going to be a beast but it's going to take some time so uh take it easy on him uh you know i know he's a first round pick and you want things to happen but you know it took max crosby some time too you know and josh jacobs so it just takes some uh some time to develop but um all in all uh you know a win's a win and uh you know let's go raiders
0: thank you so much for the call my man i appreciate you and yeah, I mean, you know, again, I mentioned on Monday's show that I felt like he was doing way too much reading and anticipating, and that's what made him slow. I say it all the time, a thinking man is a slow man. It, to me, felt like he was just reading what was going to happen. All right, are they running? Are they going to, is it a pass? Do I need to try to rush the quarterback? And that's never going to work. In this league, you, you got to just fire off uh, the, the line of scrimmage when the ball is, is snapped, right? Uh, Brian Baldinger does a great job with, uh, you know, Baldy's breakdowns. Uh, he was fired up on Tyree Wilson. Like, hey, man, you got to go. Right, You can't be uh, sitting there uh, when Max Crosby's already across the line of scrimmage. You haven't even got out of your stance yet. You've got to go. So that's all stuff he's got to work on. I think the elevation has something to do with it. We've seen his get off against Dallas. We saw him get off quick. We saw him get to you know, the quarterback and show his power. But I think a lot of that is still trying to overcorrect what he did against Dallas that might not have been very good. So, uh, like I said, I asked Coach McDaniels about that specifically on Monday, and he kind of went around the corner and didn't answer exactly what I was asking, and that's okay. Yeah, he doesn't have to, but... I think you'll see an improvement from Tyree Wilson. He's just got to continue to work, and he'll grow. Like you said, you got to be patient with him. But it's hard when he's a number seven overall pick, right? Everyone wants him to be successful and great right away. Especially when there's other players in the league that were drafted either before him or after that are having early success, and you'd like to see Tyree have that same early success. But there's other circumstances that play a role in that as well. So thanks so much for that call. I do appreciate you. Hopefully, we get to hear from you again sooner rather than later. Again, uh, that's all we got time for on today's show. Tomorrow, coming up tomorrow. We'll continue to get back to some calls and texts, some more of your feedback. I believe Patrick Graham and Mick Lombardi will meet with the media by way of Zoom today. Uh, plus, we'll start to turn the page to the Buffalo Bills. Of course, we got the crossover edition coming up on Thursday, as so we'll break that down. Uh, Buffalo's playing the Raiders on a short week. How will they rebound from their embarrassing loss to the Jets? Well, like I said, we'll start to turn the page to the Buffalo Bills coming up on tomorrow's show. News and notes of the day as well. So until then, Raider Nation, take care of yourself. Take care of your family. Love on your family. Most importantly, as always, just win, baby.